Hey, it's Matt Bovee from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other tasks that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too, on demand, so it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Hey, Bills Mafia, we know there's only one topic every day, all Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bovee and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking Bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. Boy, what a deflating, deflating Tuesday morning as we come at you here on the (laughs) post-game analysis of the Bills-Jets Monday night opener. A lot of reasons to be deflated both as a Bills fan and even as a Jets fan. It felt like nobody won, but of course the Jets did. They beat the Bills 22-16. to Monday Night Football, MetLife Stadium to open the season. Bills dropped to own one. Hi, everybody. Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove. It's always game day in Buffalo. And uh, Matt, it was just a game that the Bills absolutely gave away, specifically their quarterback, Josh Allen, and his decision-making. We'll get to everything with Aaron Rodgers later, but good morning yeah. to you. I know you're going to be traveling back to Buffalo. How'd you, how'd you consume this after you woke up and thought about what happened last night? Like what the heck are they doing? Right. Is yeah. the biggest thing that I was thinking this morning. And I would imagine that's kind of how a lot of people feel. You had a lead against Zach Wilson and the New York jets and you lost, you scored three points in the second half and it came on a game tying field goal at the end of the half. like These are inexcusable errors for Josh Allen, for the offense, for really the entire unit. I think this morning, everybody is going to be talking about Josh Allen, rightfully so. He played a really bad game, one of his worst games that he's played in a long, long time. But I think there are bigger problems to be talked about than just Josh Allen. I think we need to have conversations about the entire offense, the offensive play calling with Ken Dorsey, and the positions that it puts Josh Allen into. I keep thinking this morning, nothing looked easy for them. Nothing looked routine. They did not have any way of just, you know, going and getting a couple yards. And it felt like when this offense was at its best a few years ago, you needed five yards. You had a play that you knew were going to work, was going to work for five yards. Now it's, you try digs. And if digs isn't an option, just hope that Josh makes something happen. Because even last night in In the first half, they were taking what defense was giving them, and they were trying to kind of like chunk their way down the field. And it worked sort of, but then the Jets kind of found out what they were trying to do, and then they tightened up. I also think the Jets' defense is very, very legitimate. It might be the best defense in the NFL. Mm -hmm. So I think if you're a Bills fan this morning, what you're hoping is you're hoping that the Bills played a really bad game and the Jets' defense is that good. But what I think happened was the Bills played a really bad game, the Jets' defense is that good, but there's also many more reasons to be concerned 
because this is not something that just happened in one game. This is not an isolated incident. This offensive struggle has been happening for the second half of last year, and then it started the season again last night. Okay, so a lot to digest there. So I, I think that I'm going to put this way more on Josh Allen than I am Ken Dorsey. I, I think Josh Allen made absolutely horrible decisions. I don't know. This is the part where I get accused of defending the coaching too much because I just think that these guys, you can only do so much as a coach. What other what other things could he have done differently if, if what you say is correct, that it's a struggle and they were guys were getting beat? Guys, I mean, what is the play caller supposed to do? I mean, there are things not you can try to go to. Say, not, I see. I, I disagree with that. Drop. I disagree. I disagree with that. I think like it's a great second call. second and 15? Oh, I think it's a terrible call. Because what's yes, the best yes. case scenario? You get six yards? Correct. Right? Six yards, Correct. and then it's third and nine instead of third right. and, and the, 13 and, or whatever Instead of an incompletion in third and 15. Yes, well, listen, but here's why. Here's why. Here's why. What What did the Jets do to mitigate the Bills' pass rush? Screen passes, which are the same things as draws pretty much. The Bills did the yeah. same thing, and the Jets got chunk yards. That's how you mitigate a pass rush. A draw on that play is not a horrible call. They didn't do it all night, by the way. They didn't do it all night. But well, they did. I, actually no, don't. I, they, they I don't mind. Many, I do not mind calls like that. But they had way too many first. Down, this is a second down. They had way too many first downs where they were starting with just like really bad plays, right? And part of yes. that is Dorsey. Well, bad, part of bad that is Josh Allen for sure. Bad execution, yeah. But I think it's his job to put the offense in a position where they can execute. And I still think it's just one game. It is way too reliant on just Josh Allen being you know, a freak. And he had a terrible game. He had three interceptions. They should have never lost the game. But even the big plays that they had were results of Josh Allen, you know, getting out of the pocket, running to the sideline, throwing across his body to Stefan Diggs, or, you know, getting out of the pocket, running to his left, hitting Dawson Knox down the field. There was no just like, okay, here's an open guy, hit him. Like at any point. Were there open guys? Because Matt, Matt, he threw 70% completion percentage. Even with all these interceptions, to me, to me, that's actually good management of the game by the by the coordinator to say, we're going to keep it short. You're going to get the ball out of your hands. We're seventy percent, even with the even with the interceptions. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he's like, "Well, I can't be patient. I have to throw the ball deep." I mean, to me, the game was actually managed from a good standpoint. There, when you think about Ken Dorsey, I don't know if anybody was open downfield. I, I think you know mm-hmm. one of the things as you look that outside of Stephon Diggs. Only five catches by wide receivers the whole night. Two by Gabe Davis, three by Deontay Hardy, right? Which maybe the, mm-hmm. are they getting open? Are they not getting open? I think they, I don't know if these guys are getting open. I mean, 70% yeah. completion percentage is good. To me, 70% equates to the coordinator putting him in a position to get the ball to guys who are open. It just, you're not going to get first downs all the time because you're checking it down, but it stays on schedule. As Sean McDermott said after, first down, when they weren't on schedule on first down, things went haywire. That's when you get to your second and 12. That's when you get to your second yeah. and 10. But when he was doing that on first down, that's how you stay on schedule. To me, that is the coordinator's job, and I don't think he did a horrible job of that. I think this is a chicken or an egg thing because I think that both deserve blame. I am not trying to pass. Josh Allen played bad. Josh Allen is the reason why they lost this game. But moving forward, I am more concerned about Ken Dorsey than I am about Josh Allen because I think that Allen made Oh, yeah, I, I think you, Allen. There's no some, concern on Josh, right? Because of who he is. We there's you shouldn't be concerned about well, Josh. I think I think some people are though. I think some okay. people are a little bit concerned like, about the turnovers. 
Yeah, like big picture concerned. I think you're delusional if you're like, okay, bench Josh Allen. I, I think that's completely no. ridiculous. The concern is, is that there's a lot of turnovers. And I that's why I said chicken or an egg, because I feel like the forced mistakes are a result of him not trusting what he is being told to do or that they're just not options for him. Like, let me, the three interceptions. The first one, stupid play. He could have probably ran for the first down. I think he is so scared to run and take these extra hits that now he is forcing throws that he shouldn't be doing. Probably did not see the safe hit Hardy over the top. Bad throw. The second one is the most inexcusable of all of them. There was nothing there. He threw in a double coverage. It was just a really bad decision, and it was a really bad throw. Even a perfect throw in that situation probably results in an interception. There was nothing there. The third one, same thing. He's probably trying to hit Davis on a play where Stefan Diggs was wide open. So that's another one where it's like, yeah, these are on him. But like besides Diggs, nobody was getting open. And I guess the question so is, let me ask is that you, more right. on the players or is that more right. on the coaching? Exactly. I put it on the players. I mean, you can only like you. I, I don't think they're just telling them just to every time run five yards and turn around. They're running routes. The players got to get open. That's not to me. That's not on yeah. the coach. Maybe if you want to talk about roster construction, then maybe that's what it is. I don't know. But you got to get open. You know, it's only well, Josh didn't have many options. Well, give him an option if you're a player. I mean, these the, there are plays mm -hmm. designed, and I'm not telling you Ken Dorsey's perfect by any stretch of the imagination. We can go and pick apart a lot of these plays. I don't think Josh is scared to run. I think Josh is too impatient. I mean, he still ran last night. He tried to run over people. He tried to jump over somebody. I think 70% mm -hmm. completion, check it down, check it down, check it down. And the Jets know at some point this guy's going to launch one up. And he did. And when I say about, like, there's there's no concern on Josh Allen, I mean, because we all know that he's a great player. I, I think, though, that one thing we all have to realize is we can't just suddenly pivot and go, well, you know what? For years we've said you got to take the bad with the good, and then suddenly you can't. The Absolutely. issue is you can't have that many bad plays in one game. You can't have any yeah. that many bad decisions in one game. But, Matt, this is who he's always been, and this is who he always will be. Newsflash, we're going to have – I said the same thing last year. I said the same thing year before. You have. We've all said it for the last few years. Mm -hmm. Hey, guess what? A year from now, two years from now, we're going to talk about Josh Allen making bad decisions. You know what, Matt? I'm sitting here today on September 12th, day after the Jets game, and I'm going to tell you, Few years from now, we're gonna have the same discussion. He's gonna have games, he's gonna have moments like that. The problem is you can't have him happen all the time. And he gets away with a lot of stuff and he just didn't get away because Jordan Whitehead caught the ball and he made Jordan Whitehead an all-pro overnight. Yeah. The, the thing I'm worried about with Josh Allen, once again, I think he will snap out of it. I'm worried that when you start a season with a three interception game and, and a fumble, so a four turnover game, you are going to play a little scared. And then now you're not going to take the shots that have made you so good the last couple of years. And you're just going to be a shell of yourself. Now he's a professional athlete. He is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I do not think that that's a major concern, but you go against a Raiders defense. That's not as good as the jets coming up. And you would like to think, okay, this is a little bit of a get right game for him, but I wonder if he's going to play a little bit scared because he doesn't want to make the big mistake. And if it's going to make the game clear, closer than it needs to be, just like we saw last night, because those mistakes are the reason why these teams that aren't as good are able to hang around. So that's one concern for Josh Allen moving forward. The other concerns I have. Did you really, wait, let me ask a question. Let me ask a question. Yeah. In the, in the time that you've watched Josh Allen as the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, do uh -huh. you really ever question if he'll play scared? I don't. 
<sighs> you know what, though? I don't, I don't care if he threw five <laughs> interceptions Monday night. I don't think he'll ever play scared. I do. I am a little concerned about that because I think that, you know, he's going to all week be talking and listening to people say and listening to his coaches say smarter decisions, smarter decisions. I honestly think a lot of this, too. This is an entirely different conversation. I do not know what the relationship between Ken Dorsey and Josh Allen is like. I'm sure it's very good. They both speak very highly of each other. If Brian Dable was the offensive coordinator of this team, Brian Dable would have laid into Josh Allen last night, and it would have been out of a place of like love and like, hey, dude, cut the shit out now. And I think he would have probably snapped out of it. I, I don't know what the relationship with Dorsey is like, but there's also two other things that I want to say, just concerns about the offense. Right tackle is a problem. Right tackle last night was the one spot that was consistently just kind of getting Spencer Brown is getting run over. He was getting run by and they don't have a lot of other options, but like behind him. I mean, are we really thinking Jermaine Effetti is going to come in and start? I do not know. Um, I, I just, I don't know what they do there because I feel like their contingency plan was Brandon shell. And then maybe down the line, Tommy Doyle. And you got a guy who gets injured for an entire season. And then you got a guy who retires out of nowhere. So I'm concerned about that. And my second concern goes back to the thing we were talking about. I am a Gabe Davis guy. I think Gabe Davis is a good player. Where was Gabe Davis last night? Two catches. I don't know. Was he just not getting open? Was he not involved as much as he needed to be? That's a concern. So I don't know if that's a player or a usage. <laughs> Probably a combination of both. I think with every conversation we're having this morning, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. Is it Josh Allen's fault or Ken Dorsey's fault? It's both of their faults. So let's meet in the middle. Is it Gabe Davis' fault or is it Dorsey's fault? Probably somewhere in the middle. But those two players, I'm like, why wasn't there more Gabe? And what are they going to do about right tackle? Yeah, I agree about you know Gabe. He needs to be more involved. And I don't know. I A game like this seems like, you know, when you're getting the ball quick, getting out of their hands, Josh is rushed a little bit. That's not a Gabe game, right? As much as they want to tell us we're going to get him the ball easier, quicker throws, yeah. Gabe Davis, that's not a Gabe Davis game. Gabe Davis game is when Josh can sit in the pocket, let the play develop, and then get it to Gabe like he did down the field on one play, you know, in the red zone. We saw that. Um, as far as Spencer Brown and the O-line, you're absolutely right. Spencer Brown, John Franklin Myers was pushing him into Josh's lap all night. Bryce Huff comes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was beating him around the edge. And the entire offensive line just did not protect really well. The Jets had five sacks, nine quarterback hurries, and then how many countless times was Josh on the run? And again, going back to two of those on the run, he wound up launching the ball downfield into harm's way. The third um, the third interception, and before anybody – look, I want to make it clear. I'm not telling you to, that Ken Dorsey is perfect by any means. I just find a, a lot of uh, – I, I think it's – I think it's low-hanging fruit. What we all do is when things don't work, it's easy to blame the play calling when you you have to rely on players to do their job and be better. And one, but mm-hmm. but I will blame the play calling on the third and two on the third interception. It's third and two. Josh saw man to man. He tried to throw it to Gabe Davis and wound up being double coverage. You didn't need 10 yards, you needed two yards. They're at midfield around there. No, that's mm-hmm. a play where to me, even if a design run to Josh Allen in that situation, like they did the Jets a few times last year. Like that's where to me. You know, Ken Dorsey fell short in a couple of areas uh, last night. And then, you know, running the ball was not um, was not a great night running the ball. James Cook had a few nice runs, those draws that got stopped. I give the Jets nah. credit. Yeah. You know, the, 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 I give the Jets credit for sniffing those out a little bit. He had a couple of nice runs, but they didn't run the ball very well all night. Um, the Jets no. are a very good team. 
They have a good scheme. They have good players. Overall, it just wasn't good enough. What I did like, and then they went away from it, open up with no huddle um, and a couple plays because they had two plays scripted, I'm sure. Deontay Hardy, real quick, gets involved in the game. I liked the, that matchup. Deontay Hardy caught the ball, got four or five yards. That's not bad. You could do that out of the backfield. Didn't see a lot yeah. of that as the game went on to kind of use him a little bit differently and go a little bit of uh, go a little bit of pace so the Jets couldn't substitute. Yeah, I think too when we talk about all of these different things, like coming out of the gate, Deontay Hardy getting used at one point, Diggs is in the backfield, at one point Dawson Knox is in the backfield. It looked like they were getting a little bit more creative, and then all of yep. that went away in the second half. And I think it all goes away probably because that's when the mistakes really started to pile up and they were just playing from behind consistently in the first in the first half there were times when there were some nice plays on first down. And when I say nice plays, I'm not talking about like game changing plays. I'm just like, okay, five yard gain, six yard gain, you know, second and four, it opens up things. But going back to your point about the third down third and two, and Josh is trying to throw it 20 yards down the field to Gabe Davis. Don't even give him the chance to do that. you got to protect him from himself at that point. I think sometimes he is going to say, screw it, and he's just going to go for it. But other times, like, it's your job as the coach to say, okay, it's third and two. We're going to have Hardy just basically run there. We're going to have Kincaid just find space and stop. And, you know, they're trying to go down the field. Because even Diggs, who was wide open, was probably, I don't know, six, seven, eight yards away. He doesn't have to be. He could be three yards away, just enough to get the first down. A really sloppy game. A bad, bad, bad day for Josh Allen. And it was against a really, really, really good defense. And that's why it ultimately ended the way it did. All right, let's talk about the Bills on the defensive side and what happened to the Jets' offense early in the game. Hey, everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. So four snaps into his New York Jets career, Aaron Rodgers lost for the season with an Achilles. This is just, it's just awful to see, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. I understand injuries are a part of the game and I understand going forward, it's going to be a struggle for the New York Jets. And, you know, in a vacuum, when you think about them having to trot out Zach Wilson for 16 more games, obviously that makes it a lot more difficult for them to challenge for the AFC East. However, just bad for football to lose Aaron Rodgers in this season with all this hype and everything and the energy about what's happening in New York. Just bad for football, bad for the National Football League to see what happened. They're going to, as we sit here today, it's not confirmed an ACL, but it certainly looks like it's going to be an ACL injury and out for the season. Um, and the Bills were getting after him. I mean, four snaps, Matt, but he was he was sacked. He was rushed. 
I thought they had a great game plan for Aaron Rodgers. Who knows how it would have turned out. They had to adjust that mm -hmm. plan for Zach Wilson. No excuse for letting Zach Wilson beat you. But I thought the Bills did Twice. well there, but unfortunate <laughs> for Rodgers, obviously. No one really won last night, right? Jets fans this morning are feeling good about the win, but just feeling sick to their stomach they lost Rodgers. You know who won last night, and I'm not making light of an injury, Miami Dolphins fans and the Miami Dolphins. They won last night because the Bills lost and the Jets lost their best player or one of their best players, their quarterback, who is supposed to make them a legitimate Super Bowl contender. If you're sitting in Miami this morning, you're going, okay, we started 1-0. Our offense looks like it's cooking. The Bills look like they've got problems, and the Jets just lost their guy that they thought was going to get them to the Super Bowl. So you'd probably feel really good if you're a Miami Dolphins fan, you know, sitting here in the AFC East. You're right. I, I The thing that I have been thinking this morning is, did we just watch Aaron Rodgers last snap in the NFL? I don't know. I, that's a, I don't know if you're that guy, and this is the injury, if you're going to do an entire season recovery to come back and play for your year 40 season. If you think, yeah. I mean, the Jets defense looks very legit. You could. You could say, I want want to get one and I think with this team I have a chance of doing that but then it just kind of puts the Jets in a holding pattern too right he doesn't even get to play a quarter let alone a whole game what are the Jets going to do is it Zach Wilson all the way through I mean that's what their coach said last night after the game but you have to imagine they're looking for options right now and if you're looking for a younger option and they come in here and they have success what do you do at that point I, I mean I know it's obvious that you turn it over to Aaron Rodgers but you at some point have to start thinking about your long-term future too. I mean, they were going all in to win a Super Bowl this year. They certainly look like they have the defense to do it, but I don't. I don't know. I, those are conversations that they probably won't have for a little bit. But man, yeah, it, it's it's weird because the Jets won the game, but I would imagine the overall feeling for a Jets fan this morning is way more negative and pessimistic than it is happy. You asked about Rodgers. Could this be his last game? It could be. I, I can't imagine he'd go out like this, but he is Aaron Rodgers. He's you know contemplated retirement before. Um, I, he's competitive. I can't imagine he'd want to go out this way. And just, I'm not a doctor, but reading what people say about this particular injury, if it's an Achilles, like he can come back from it. He, he can come back and he can be still oh, you know, yeah. just like he was a, a year from now. But you're right. You have to think about you know his age, how that impacts things. And the fact, by the way, <laughs> he just signed a revised contract with the Jets. Three years, 112 million, 75 million of that is guaranteed. Like there's going to be some cap, you know, concerns there and how they're gonna, you know, go forward with all of that. So I'm sure that they'll try to work that out. But either way, uh just stinks for the National Football League that that happened. When he went out of the game, it was okay. This is Zach Wilson. The Bills should be able to shut this door. And of course they didn't. And Zach Wilson made some nice throws. He made some off-script plays. That why he like, kind of looked like Josh Allen on a couple of plays. Shovel pass, found a guy. He did that. But really, it was um, it was the run game that kind of got them going a little bit. First play of the game, twenty-six yard run, I think it was Brees Hall, and then an eighty-three yard run a little bit later by Brees Hall. So um, that was an alignment issue. Sean McDermott said they were lined up wrong. Confirmed by uh, Taron Johnson and others in the locker room after I talked to, they said that somebody was just in the in the wrong spot lined up. So those things can happen, but it does shine a light on the middle linebacker position. Terrell Terrell Bernard, 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 I was going to say. And the, 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 the run game issues on defense we've seen pop up over the years. Where's your concern yeah. level on that? High. It's very high because I think that those big plays were the reason why the Jets were able to kind of hang around. 
touchdowns. I mean, Zach Wilson made a couple nice throws, but when they were sitting back and just letting him throw, the Bills were pressuring him and they were getting the Jets offense off the field, but they had success running on the ground. And that was why, you know, they get that big play. Christian Benford chased him down and ultimately saves four points so that was a big one for the bills but yeah no my concern level is high on defense i'm concerned about middle linebacker i don't know what they're gonna do i don't think they'll pull bernard after a game but it makes you wonder if they're trying to get christian kirksey up to speed as quick as possible to try and get him in there because they think he might just stabilize things on the field a little bit i'm a little bit concerned about safety um jordan poyer did not look like jordan poyer it's one game, so I'm not going to say the sky is falling when it comes to him. But on that long run, you know, he kind of gets flat-footed and takes a bad angle, and all of a sudden, Brees Hall breaks off an 80-whatever-yard run it was. So I'm a bit concerned about that. I think the there's very few bright spots from yesterday's game. I thought Leonard Floyd and Greg Rousseau were bright spots. I thought they mm-hmm. both played nice games. And I actually think Tredavious White looks good as well. It's tough to gauge, though, because it's Zach Wilson. Right. We only saw four snaps from Aaron Rodgers. Would we have said Tredavious White played well against Aaron Rodgers? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe he would have. But I thought he had a pretty good game. I mean, like the Garrett yeah. Wilson touchdown that he caught on him. I, I don't know. What, what, that's, Garrett Wilson. You, that's what I mean. It was great coverage. Like there's yeah. nothing you can do about that. So I think that's a they good held, by sign the way, they held the Garrett Wilson to five catches, 30 something yards. I think it was right. They did a really good job on him overall. And it wasn't just White. Christian Benford was on him a lot. Yeah, so I think the corners did well, but once again, you got to kind of take that with a grain of salt, just knowing who the quarterback was on the other side of the field. They're going to get obviously a little bit more of a test next week when the Raiders come to town. Not like they're going up against some, you know, unbelievable elite quarterback, but you still got Devontae Adams. Jacoby Myers, I believe, is in concussion protocol, but that being said, he had a nice game against the Broncos when they played, so I don't know if he'll be available for Sunday, but, you know, they're going to have a test there, and obviously Josh Jacobs, the, the run defense is the biggest concern, and once again, you're getting hit with a running back who is pretty good. Yeah, I thought the defensive line overall played pretty well. I mean, there's some made some nice plays up front. You pointed out a couple of the guys there. Leonard Floyd, what you know, we talked a little bit about him, I think, you know, previously last podcast or two, and just how he's kind of flown a little bit under the radar here and certainly not anymore. I thought he was really good getting after the passer and and played a nice game as well. Um, Taylor Rapp came in and that's how they use him. If people were wondering how would they use Taylor Rapp, here's how they used him. When the Jets went heavy and put a fullback on the field, the Bills went with a three safety look. They went with a three safety look and he was the guy that came in. Um, But unfortunately, a couple of those runs happened actually while Taylor Rapp was in the game. So you wonder about the run fits there and him being in this defense. Uh, Defensively, they got after Zach Wilson enough. I thought that he was running around a lot, but he is more mobile than Aaron Rodgers. Look, I'm not going to say the stupid thing of, you know what? The Bills had a better chance if Aaron Rodgers had been in the game. I will make a point, though, that the Bills game planned for Aaron Rodgers not a non-mobile yeah. quarterback and looked great getting after him. And then when Zach Wilson comes in, it does change the way you have to play the game that you prepared for, for six months, basically. Yeah. Even though they gave up the huge run to Brees Hall and they had times where they didn't look good. I would say as far as my concern goes, it's offense. Number one, special teams, number two, defense, mm. number three. I mean, they gave up, 22 points with six of them coming off of a punt return in overtime. So you're talking about, you know, they basically gave up 16 points and Mm -hmm. they did that with an offense that handed the Jets three turnovers. So when you think of it that way, 
Four, four. You're right. Yeah, I'm just thinking about the interception. So great field position on the Josh Allen fumble that they had. Good field position on the third interception. The first and second one were basically just like I'm not making excuses. It's like field position no, no, if they were punting. Yeah. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this term arm punt that I've heard. By the way, people throw around with Josh Allen. That's nonsense. Okay. Like don't throw an interception right. and say, oh, it was just an arm punt. You're just giving them. That's stupid. Let's stop that right now. But yeah. So I mean. I think defensively, the run defense, a bit of a concern, but overall, of the concerning things in the game, the defense is the least of my concern. Yeah, and the other part of it was the defense was gassed, Matt. They were just, they they kept having to come out of the field and defend. Um, You know, they go to overtime, and the Bills win the toss, and they wind up receiving. If they had kicked it overtime, I don't know if they would have had Micah Hyde. He had gone in the locker room with cramps. Um, Tredavious White yeah. was getting stretched out with cramps right before that. And, you know, there's a point maybe people want to make about conditioning. I mean, they, they, that second half was tough on them. They were just being rolled yeah. out there drive after drive, <laughs> and the Bills couldn't sustain anything, and it was a, a humid night there. Uh, talk about special teams for a second. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, obviously, the punt the punt return for a touchdown, uh, so much went wrong. Did you, I don't know if you saw Emmanuel Acho's breakdown of that on Twitter. It was really good, um, but a lot went wrong. But I'll tell you from yeah. my vantage point, A, snap was low. So Sam Martin had to mm-hmm. pick it up and then rush it a little bit. And because he rushed it, he didn't get a good kickoff, kicked it low, no hang time, gave the returner a chance to return it. And then he directionally kicked it poorly. But that's probably because he was rushing it because everybody was running to the right, thinking it's a right punt. He- and But the punt went left. <laughs> and that's yes. why there was an opening. And then he was able to sneak out the backside. Maybe I got my directions wrong, but you get the point. Yes, absolutely. It felt like the first thing I said after the game was, you know, obviously the offense was the big story, but terrible punt coverage. And then I've seen a couple of people who are, you know, special teams like really, really in the know there explain that the punt was not where it was supposed to be. And the special teams coverage was designed to go, I believe, like you said, to the right. But the punt actually kind of went left. So right when he, you know, cut it back, then they were SOL at that point. Also, you know, I know there was like a penalty that some people are talking about on the punt return that was not called as a trip. I, I, come on. Like, that's so ticky tack. You lost the game. You deserve to lose the game. I don't think they lost the game because of that penalty. I think they lost the game because they made way too many mistakes. And obviously, the last mistake they made was that punt, and it cost them. Yeah. And then it was just bad tackling on the back end of that punt as well. And, for, there's a point here of they did they did not play really well on special teams in the preseason. They had a punt no. blocked, another one partially blocked. They had a big kickoff return against them. You know, it's an area that the Bills are usually pretty good on. Uh, they devote certain guys to their special teams, obviously, when it comes to you know keeping roster spots. So it's something to watch going forward. All right, let's talk about though what this means in the big picture for the Buffalo Bills in 2023. Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove, it's always game day in Buffalo. If you're listening, thank you iTunes, Spotify, Odyssey app. We appreciate it wherever you pod. You can watch us on video, especially today. Matt's still in his hotel room. He's going to be coming back here yeah. to uh, Western New York. Uh, that's on our on my YouTube channel, Sal Sports. It's Sal Sports on YouTube. So check it out. Thank you for all the new subscribers. Matt, do you remember what happened opening weekend two years ago for the Buffalo Bills? Yeah, w- yeah I do, actually. We were what was the final score was it like 20 something to it was it was similar right in the bills had like 13 or 16 16. points 23 23 to 16 16. yeah and there was i mean 
lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers. There was a blocked punt in that game. Yes. Allen had a couple, you know, really bad decisions in that game. It's funny. One of the first things I thought about, you know, I, I like to try and be as optimistic as possible. And one of the things that I thought about this morning, and this is so much of a stretch, so please understand that I understand this is ridiculous, but the closest this team has ever gotten to, you know, getting there, I think is 13 seconds. I know they lost in the divisional round, not the AFC championship round, but I think that 13 second team had a chance to win it. And that season started with a loss to the Steelers at home. And we were all like the sky. I remember Emmanuel Sanders having this conversation with us after that week. And, yes. you know, he comes to the bills to join a team that they think is going to win the Super Bowl, And he's like, you guys are so doom and gloom. He's like, listen, he's like bad games happen. He's like, we just played a bad game and they made us pay. So I've kind of thought about that a lot after all of their bad losses the last couple of years of being like, okay, we need to put things into perspective. They have the entire season in front of them. I have concerns. I have a lot of concerns. But for the time being, I'll give the team a little bit of a benefit of the doubt knowing some of the things that they've been able to do the last few years and thinking that they're going to snap their way out of it. Like right now, you have to beat the Raiders. You cannot start this season 0-2. So if you beat the Raiders, uh, th that's a big if, right? Like they just lost to Zach Wilson. I am not putting any opponents and just yeah. saying like, okay, you should beat them, but you should. And hey, you're going to get Max Crosby against Spencer Brown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got a good point. Um, so you know, if you if you beat the Raiders and if you beat the Commanders, big ifs. But teams that you should absolutely be able to beat: Jimmy Garoppolo and Sam Howell. Then you have Miami coming here. And that game is probably for right now first place in the AFC East unless the Jets. Well, no, it would be because I think the Jets and the Dolphins play week three. So one of those and teams I think, will but have But I think the loss. Patriots and Dolphins play next week. Okay, so there you go. So realistically, you know, you win that game, you're sitting in a good spot. Like I said earlier, though, I, I think Miami now has to be thrilled with uh, – thrilled sounds harsh given the way yeah, yeah. the Jets – you know, and I don't mean to sound like that or insensitive no, no, I, or anything. I get you. Suddenly they but, have a much, much different look at it, you know, than they did just, you know, 24 hours ago, basically. And, and right. Injuries happen. They're a part of the sport. It stinks. But suddenly you're feeling much better about your chances of playing the Jets twice with Zach Wilson or somebody else. By the way, got the email right after the game about odds on the neck, who they're going to sign. There's Matt Ryan on the list. There's Tom Brady on the list. I mean, mm -hmm. training for Taysom Hill was on there. I'm like, oh, my God, what is this? But it looks like it's going to be Zach Wilson. As you said, I want to go back to that 21 schedule. After they lost to the Steelers 23-16 in a very similar fashion, like you said, they go on the road and shut out the Dolphins the next week, 35-0. Yeah, Ironically, they also played that. Washington week three that year, like they do this yep. year. Won that game 43 to 21. Then they shut out the Texans 40 to nothing. And then go to Kansas City and win 38 to 20 on Sunday night. Yeah. So, and then they score 31 and lose. But the next five games, they scored 35, 43, 40, 38, and 31. I'm not going to sit here and predict they're going to do that necessarily, but there is a point to be made. And I remember Emmanuel Sanders talking exactly about what you said. And it is one game. That said, it's been one game around the league this week. I mean, everything we thought we knew kind of went a little bit different. In the NFL in week one, you got Kansas City losing. You got Joe Burrow looking atrocious in their offense. Told, I know it was in the rain. I mean, I know Josh Allen threw the interceptions, but Joe Burrow in that offense just did not look good at all. They go to 0-1, mm -hmm. and of course the Bills do as well. So you have the um, – I always forget the way that Mike Mike North phrased The Holy Trinity. Thank I think you. I he said the Trinity. The Holy, 
and the Holy Trinity starting off with a trinity of losses, 0-3. Yeah, nice callback on the Mike North interview. I, yeah. I just – I never would have anticipated the – the Bills game, we never would have thought, you know, Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Like, if you told me the Bills lost, if we were doing this podcast after a Bills loss, I would have thought, okay, well, Aaron Rodgers probably played a great game and they lose a really close one. They lose a really close one, but it wasn't Aaron Rodgers. That's concerning, the fact that they've lost to Zach Wilson twice. But I – would have never expected the Bengals to lose to the Browns. Maybe that's just because I'm a little bit too outside of it. You know, I've talked to people who really like the Browns and they're like, Oh no, this team is their defense is legit. Their defense can keep them hanging around. I think Joe picked them. Uh, Joe DiBiase picked them to like win the Super Bowl or go to the Super Bowl or something. Go to the Super Bowl, so yeah. clearly there's, and then, you know, the chiefs, I like the Lions. I think the Lions have upside, but I would have picked the chiefs. If you asked me on Wednesday to pick these games, I would have said chiefs, Bengals, bills. And I would have been wrong on all three of them. So maybe I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> what about the Niners and Steelers? Are the Niners as great as they looked? Are the Steelers as bad as they look to you? I think the Niners are good, like really good. And I think that it's just a system that works offensively with really great playmakers that give Brock Purdy a lot of easy decisions to make. You know, I think you have a really, really, really high ceiling when you've got Christian McCaffrey, when you've got Debo Samuel, when you've got Brandon Ayuk, when you've got George Kittle, the list goes on. Those are some serious weapons. So I think it's probably more about the 49ers being good. But, you know, Mike Tomlin is a guy that a lot of people say can get the best out of his teams. It's one week for them too, right? So if you're having this conversation in Pittsburgh, you're probably having similar conversations to what we are having here about, well, was it just going against a really elite defense and you had a bad day or are there bigger problems? It's a little bit of the same. The Bills just have the, I don't want to say the luxury, but Bills won 13 games last year. They've been to the playoffs. They've won the division three years in a row. So I think there's a little bit more reason to be confident about them and Josh Allen as opposed to a young quarterback and Kenny Pickett. And obviously the Miami Dolphins looked fantastic uh, at the LA Chargers, 36-34. Well, their offense, they never, their offense, yeah, right, their right. offense they, fantastic. They actually never trailed in this game until they took the lead, but thank you for correcting me because I wanted to ask you about their defense and say, look, the Chargers still put up 34 points against that Vic Fangio defense. So how, how do you wash that away? Which, okay, you, you're really kind of, oh my God, that offense, that's going to be a nightmare to defend. And then you look and go, wait a minute though, maybe you, there's opportunity against that defense you didn't think there was going to be. Tyree Kill might end up being like the MVP of this season if he <laughs> continues to play at the clip that he's at right now. I I don't know how you cover him. I don't know how you guard him. I saw a couple posts on social media talking about how you know the Chargers were doing things perfectly defensively, and yet they still could not stop Tyree Kill on some of the plays where he broke off the big ones. So... I think you got to be really concerned about that offense in your division. But once again, the biggest questions about the Dolphins are to his health and will he stay healthy for an entire season? We knew what they were capable of when he is healthy. It's will he be available for all of the games? And then defensively, you know, Vic Fangio, we've said it on the podcast, was supposed to be somebody who really came in and solidified things. Well, it didn't look like that against the Chargers. The Chargers are no slouch. Like the Chargers can put up points. They've got a good offense. But, man, I expected more from them. They, they did play well at the end, though. When the Chargers got the ball back, Christian William, Christian Wilkins, Jalen Phillips, they all kind of really, really gave the Chargers no chance. Yeah, and 
the game the night before the Bills played at MetLife, the Cowboys just thrashed the uh, Brian Dable led New York Giants, and we'll just touch on that because you know it's mm-hmm. Brian Dable, Joe Shane, what they're building in there in New York. I look at it similarly to I look at the Niners and Steelers. Um, I don't think the Giants are as bad as what they showed. I just don't. I don't think they're really all that great. I think they might take a step back this year. Cowboys look really good, though. It looks like the Cowboys and Niners and Eagles are all going to be wrestling for those top spots in the NFC when it's all said and done. Yeah, I think so. I would say right now, if I had to put them in order, I'd probably go Niners, Cowboys, Eagle. Well, mm-hmm. I don't want to... The Eagles went to the Super Bowl last year. I still yep. like the Eagles. They played a closer game against the Patriots than I would have thought. I mean, if you imagine what if the Patriots would have pulled out that win and every other mm-hmm. team in the division would be 1-0 except the Bills <laughs> and you'd have the Eves, the Bengals, and the Bills all starting the season with losses. I, I still like the Eagles. I still think the Eagles have a ton of upside. I mean, I think you would be crazy not to, but I, I just really – something about Dallas, man. They They look like they've got some juice on both sides of the ball. Yeah, Micah Parsons for sure. Um, and, and on the Bengals, do you, if you're, let's say you're doing this show for it's always game day in Cincinnati, right? I mean, what, yeah, well, how concerned are you? That's another, like, they're having the same conversation that we're having here in Buffalo for different reasons, maybe, but boy, that just did not go well. You mentioned Cleveland being a good team, but you look at the Bengals in that game. Let me just pull it up. Joe Burrow, 14 of 31 for 82 yards. That was Joe Burrow's number. Yes, I know it was raining. Well, guess what? Deshaun Watson was still 16 of 29 for 154. Um, and then I just want to look at their total output of offense. Bengals offense, six total first downs, 142 yards of offense. That's brutal. That's brutal. I think the weather and also the fact that he was unavailable for almost yes. the entire summer is probably yeah. the reason they looked as bad as they did. Also combine that against a solid Browns defense. But yeah, I think if you're in Cincinnati, you're probably very concerned. I don't think you're concerned about Joe Burrow, but I think you're concerned about just your offense in general. I I think they'll figure it out. I think they'll, I believe, didn't they start last year with a loss too? They did. They lost last season season to the the Steelers. Exactly. So this stuff happens, right? I mean, it's a bigger deal. Well, for them too, it's a big deal for both the Bengals and for the Bills than it is for the Chiefs because obviously, one, the Chiefs won a Super Bowl, but two, the Bills lost to a division opponent and the Bengals lost to a division opponent. The Chiefs lost to the Lions, right? That's probably not going to kill them down the stretch. So, yeah, I mean, reasons to be concerned in Cincinnati, reasons to be concerned in Buffalo, reasons to certainly be concerned if you're a Jets fan, if you're a Chargers fan, like a lot of the teams in the AFC that we thought were going to be kind of in the conversation right now or not. And we'll see if that changes. Want to thank Mike Robbie. Always doing a great job. Get us up and running here on it's always game day in Buffalo. Matt, you have safe travels back to Western New York. Uh, the Bills got to lick their wounds and get back after it. They'll have off on Tuesday and then a normal practice week starting on Wednesday. Um, and then it's the Las Vegas Raiders coming to Buffalo. The one and oh Las Vegas Raiders coming to Buffalo on Sunday afternoon at one o'clock yeah. as of right now. Looking like a nice day to go to the stadium and tailgate, 70-degree weather, sunshine. Looking good so far, but we'll see. Things can change in a hurry, obviously, but looking forward to that home opener. It's always a special day at the stadium in Orchard Park. 